Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us coming up on today's show. We're going to look back at the season to this point as we are back from a week off and also look ahead to this weekend's NASCAR All-Star Ranks from David's home track at Texas Motor Speedway. And we will also share our memories of the All-Star Race over the years and, of course, bring you our NASCAR News and Notes and Ask David segment at the end of today's show. Before we bring in David, don't forget that every Whataburger is made fresh, served hot, prepared just like you like it. Want jalapenos and cheese on that? No problem. They've got you covered. Whataburger, proud to serve it hot and fresh 24 <coughs> hours a day. David Starr joins us right now. David I am so excited to see you in just a couple days, my friend. It has been uh, too long, and uh, we're going to have a good time. We're going to be eating plenty of Whataburger, and uh, <laughs> it's going to be uh, a heck of a time this weekend. Uh, good to talk to you, as always, remotely, but nonetheless, uh, I'll be looking forward to seeing your face in a couple of days. No, uh, man, I'm, I'm excited to see Dominic and yourself, Tyler, and uh, it'll be a fun weekend all-star race here at the Texas Motor Speedway along with the uh, – the Camping World Truck Series and the, our NASCAR Xfinity Series. So it's going to be a fun race. Excited that, you know, for the first time in history to have the all-star race at the Texas Motor Speedway, man. That's, I mean, I don't care where that race is. When you're going for a million dollars, there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of fierce uh, racing and uh, hopefully a lot of sparks, a lot of action, and uh, hopefully the fans will get their money's worth when it's all said and done. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Dominic Oregon of the RacingExperts.com is here with us as well. Dom, how we doing? Doing great, man. Coming fresh off that test session last week with the race car at Uranium Capital Speedway. A lot of fun out there. But even echoing what you guys have to say, even more excited to see you guys this weekend. Of all the NASCAR events I've been very blessed and privileged to cover, I've never covered an all-star race weekend. But that changes this weekend, and I get to do it alongside you two. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, and to kind of tease what we have lined up this weekend, we're still figuring some stuff out in the works, but there will be a live show of sorts that will occur Sunday night. We're still narrowing down the location and working out some fine details of sorts, but uh, we'll let you know and you'll be able to watch it live and that'll be our show for next week will occur on Sunday night. So we're certainly looking forward to bringing that to you. And you know, we've been doing this show, what, about six months now, remotely. Yeah. And this will be the first time we've all been together in the same place at the same time doing the show. So that'll be a unique experience when uh, we're all together in one place. But, guys, let's start out with uh, just catching up on things. We were off last week. David was traveling, and we had a lot going on. So we didn't get to do the show last week. It's the first time we've taken a week off. And so, David, I just want to backtrack a little bit and uh, catch up with you. You raced for the first time in the NASCAR Cup Series in 2021, this year in the Coca-Cola 600. And uh, then this past week, you were at Mid-Ohio. Let's start out with that Cup race you ran there, the Coke 600, longest race of the year. What was that experience like running in uh, the Coke 600, being a part of that race uh, there on uh, on that Sunday night and driving the, uh, the Brett Bear special report car? Man, it was uh, just that day. You know, when you celebrate Memorial Day, uh, you wake up early Sunday morning, and, man, you uh, – I woke up Sunday morning and so excited to watch Indianapolis 500. You know, being from Houston, Texas, and being a – you all know my hero is A.J. Foyt. I've always watched the Indianapolis 500 ever since I can remember, you know. And, uh, you know, it's just a special day. It's a special day for remembrance and uh, for the men and women that have gave the ultimate sacrifice to, to keep our country, the powerhouse and the beautiful country that we that we're able to live in and live free and all the great things that we have and enjoy our sport. Uh, so it has a lot of meaning to it. You know what I mean? And lots of meaning. And you see that when you watch the Indianapolis 500. And then, and then later that evening, when the uh, Coca-Cola 600 start, starts in Charlotte, North Carolina, just how patriotic our sport is, and and how much our whole industry—the race fans, the sponsors, the drivers, the crew chiefs, the crew members, everybody involved—you know—it's just—it's a beautiful thing, man. It's really touching. But uh, 
And man, what a what a great day of racing, man! Just start off with the Indianapolis 500 to see Ilio Castroneves win his fourth Indianapolis 500 was just amazing. You know, there's only been uh, there are three other men, uh, AJ Foyt, Rick Mayers, and Al Unser that have done that, and it was exciting. That race was unbelievable, and get to back that up after all that excitement I watched on TV and get to go down and run 600 miles, you know, it was just a, man, what an awesome day it was. Yeah. It sounds like it, uh, to uh, say the least, to uh, be part of that opportunity and, and, uh, and experience the Coke 600. Did you have a moment, David, where it, where it hit you that you were a part of the biggest day of the year in motorsports and a part of NASCAR's longest race, you won the crown jewels. Did it, did it ever hit you sink in of some sorts that you were a part of that big day? You know, you know how special it is. I think that's my second one I've run over the years, second Coca-Cola 600. Uh, man, just, you know, the, the, uh, the celebration and, and uh, you know, just all the uh, armed forces that were there, you know, I've seen a lot of Marine guys, army men and women army men and women and i just seen there was so much of our usa armed forces there at the race track it was just really cool and to be part of it was incredible you kind of get caught up in all that you know and then uh when they start playing the national anthem it's time to get after you know get after and get back into 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 racing business but uh it was a challenge man i, I loved it and, uh, man, I, I loved it. Carl Long gave me an opportunity to drive the Brett Bear special, you know, uh, Brett Bear Toyota Super that we ran. And uh, it was a challenge, man. You know, everybody knows that Carl Long is a, a racer. Uh, he's a survivor. He's a fighter. And, uh, you know, him and Timmy Hill have been racing together for two or three years now on the cup side. And, Carl's given me opportunities to drive the cup car, but I've, I've been pretty focused on our Xfinity program. And uh, it's, it just kind of worked out where he said, hey, man, I want you to run the Coca-Cola 600, you know. And uh, they've made some changes to the car, you know. But, you know, even at best, when our car was at its best and we were making gains on it, uh, you know, with this package, they got that big old spoiler in the back and they got these uh, – these open holes in the fr uh, holes in the front of the car. There's a lot of downforce, a lot of drag on the car, and you can almost run wide open. But you know, when you're running on Sundays in the Cup Series, man, you uh, you're running against the best of the best in the world. And a lot of these powerhouse teams, when you step at step into that level, you know everybody's good. Every team is good. Every driver's good. There's so much competition, and you know I, I really. Uh, I really have a lot of uh, respect for what Carl's done, but man, running that Coca-Cola 600, I, I think I spent more time trying to stay everybody's way than I did race anybody, you know, and uh, you know, we car, we got the car pretty dang good, you know, but man, that's just, it's a tough deal. You know, it's tough. I, I, I was honored to be in the race, but I didn't really race anybody. I just spent the, you know, a lot of the time, just trying to get everything we had in the car out of the car and, uh, you know, and then stay out of the leader's way. I mean, hell, we do. I think we were getting lapped every 12 to 15 laps. You know what I mean? It's just how, how good those guys are. But, you know, Carl, Carl does everything he can. He, we, we know, he knows we, uh, we need to, we know we need a lot more enhancement under the hood. Uh, a little bit more of this, a little bit more of that. But I think the biggest thing was just our, our powerhouse underneath the hood. It's not what we're racing against, you know what I mean? So uh, it was a little bit of a challenge. But, hey, man, when I'm driving a race car, I got a big old smile on my face. I enjoyed it. But, uh, but, but you know, I, I'd rather be a lot more competitive than what we were, you know what I mean? I, don't, I uh, you know, I don't really consider that racing, if you know what I mean. I want to be up there racing in the top 20 top 25 top 15 but uh but anyway it was a, a fun race and i was honored to be in the race no doubt about it so david when you run a race like that and you you complete a majority of the laps of course like you said you were logging a lot of laps as a racer what lessons do you take away from an event like that what do you learn as a racer running the coke 600 and, and the circumstances that you had last sunday man i you know you're just uh you're giving trying to give your team good feedback and, uh, you know, and when you when a caution comes out or you have a chance to make a, 
a pit stop with the electronic fuel injection and all the electronics on the cup car, I'm able to see my lap times, you know what I mean? So, you know, when, uh, you know, you're just trying to, you're trying to keep up with the back marker cars. You're trying to race somebody, you know, you're trying to find speed in the car. And we have a, uh, our digital dash in these cup cars, you have lap timers, you know what I mean? So you can see uh, after they make a lot of adjustments, when you get back on the racetrack, you can see, you know, I know the car is going to be faster because I can almost hold it wide open and the car is doing what I need it to do, you know? And uh, the first 60, 70 laps, my car was super tight, wouldn't turn in the center. And uh, it was pretty ugly, you know, but man, they, the team did a great job. They made some really good changes. And where I thought the car, just the drivability of it, the handling of it was almost, you know, almost perfect. And we're still was, uh, you know, I was watching my lap times and we're, man, we were really getting better and better, but, but nowhere we, where we need to be, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, it's just a tough, that's a tough deal to man to race on Sundays on that, uh, and that cup side. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, you know, I, I wish so bad that Carl had more resources, more funding and more money to do it, do it like it needs to be done because nobody deserves it more than him. He's been doing it forever. He supported the sport, and uh, man, what a great guy! I would love it one day if he uh, had competitive, really competitive cars and engines, and could fit right back in that, you know, fit in good with that Cup Series. But uh, but man, anytime I'm in one of his cars, I'm digging as hard as I can and having a good time doing it. Well, absolutely. And the next week, he ended up moving on to the Mid Ohio Road Course. Tell us about your race out there, the Radcare Car Center Number Sixty One Toyota Supra. Break down your Mid Ohio race for us. Man, it was awesome. Mid-Ohio is just an awesome racetrack, man. I, lo I love racing there. And, uh, man, I was so excited to race at Mid-Ohio. Just uh, the layout of the course, it's really cool. And over the years, I've had some pretty good runs there. And, uh, and man, the race started. And, uh, man, I was just – I had told Carl we, and my crew chief, we were just going to log some laps, see how the car was handling, if we needed to make some changes to it, because obviously we didn't have no practice. And, Car was pretty good all, off the start. You know, when they dropped a green, my car was, wasn't bad. So I just logging some laps. Uh, hang on a second. I got to sneeze. <laughs> Excuse me. Bless you, David. <laughs> I mean, I, I've been out, if you can see the look at me, I've been mowing my grass all day. So I, I just finished up to get on our podcast. So uh, <laughs> I still Those got allergies are acting up. Yes. Oh, man. No. <laughs> but anyway, man, our car was our rad air. Auto Care Center car was awesome. It was great. Unfortunately, unfortunately, man, uh, you know, on the road courses, you're up shifting, you're down shifting. And man, I, uh, we're going down that long back straightaway. I think we hit about 175 miles an hour. It's awesome. And uh, I down shifted into, uh, into third gear. And man, I went to bring it back into second. And man, it wasn't there. It wouldn't come out of third. We got stuck in third gear. So, luckily I didn't wreck and I was able to limp the thing back to pit road. And I think we lost 10 or 11 laps trying to get the thing, you know, out of third gear. And we did, and we went, got back on the racetrack and it got stuck again in third gear and, and, and the guys got it unstuck. But at that point, when you're 12, 13 laps down, you know, you kind of, kind of figure out that on these road races and transmissions we use now, we don't use the clutch. You just use the gas pedal. You know what I mean? So when you're upshifting or downshifting, you just use the gas pedal. Well, for me, uh, I know when I got to third and I was going to second on the downshift, I'd had to heel toe it, what we used to do. I had to give it throttle, hit the brake, and use the clutch. And even when we were doing that, because that was the safe thing to do with race uh, the the transmission didn't get stuck in, in gear when we started doing that, but you really can't race competitively like that. But my lap time, my lap times were pretty good, you know? So we finished the race and did all we could do, but it, it was just unfortunate that we had that, that happen, man. And it happens. Now, it's not the first time that's happened to me over the years. I've had other transmissions that the transmission gets stuck in second gear or third gear. It's, it's a common thing to happen. That just, uh, you just don't want it to happen, but it does happen. But, man, that was an awesome race. The ending was crazy. Uh, it was uh, it was a great race, man. I've seen some good racing going on out there and people beating and banging on each other. And, 
and I was just mad I didn't have all everything I needed to be bang with them, you know. But I had a great car; it was awesome. Mid Ohio is a great. Let me track. ask you. Let me ask you, David. Uh, you know that was a standalone race, the Xfinity Series, and when COVID hit, we stopped seeing those standalone races there for a while. That NASCAR was doing everything they could to bring everybody together to race on the same weekend, you know, trying to make the, the crews tired and whatnot. Do you like it when the Xfinity Series or the Truck Series is doing their own thing when there's less cup guys involved, when you guys are at your own site and stuff like that? Do you like it or do you like the uh, combined weekends with cup better? Well, you know, on the standalone races, what's kind of cool if it's a standalone truck race or standalone Xfinity race, I'm always amazed how many fans that our series have, you know, uh, because, man, there was a lot of race fans there. I, I, I want to say it was almost sold out. Uh, but don't get me wrong. Anytime you have all three NASCAR series, Camper World Truck Series, Xfinity, and the Cup Series together and one, one city, one racetrack, I mean, it's, it don't get much better than that. But it's kind of refreshing to have a standalone event with your series and ask our Xfinity series there and to see how popular our series is because man, there was a lot of people there at mid Ohio. It was, it was impressive, man. There were fans spread out all through the, all through the, uh, the racetrack. Uh, uh, I seen them on the warm-up laps been on our pace laps before they dropped the green flag. And then they had a, uh, uh, they had a race, uh, Arca race before our race. And uh, I kind of drove around the inside of the racetrack, went into certain points of it, got out, and I'm just amazed. There were people everywhere. So it was really exciting, man. So uh, it don't matter to me, man. I love to race, but I love it when the race fans are there, you know. And, and I just uh, – the standalones are kind of special because it's standalone. And, and, you know, whether it's a truck series standalone or the Xfinity, Xfinity series standalone, I mean, it could stand alone by itself and do well. So that was kind of cool. But, but man, when you have all three of them or all two or two of them combined in a weekend somewhere, it it's hard to beat. You know, all all the fans that come, and I, I'm all about all the race fans. You know what I mean? It's just kind of cool. But uh, but the standalones are special too. I I like them all. You know what I mean? What I didn't like, uh, obviously during COVID when there was no fans for so long, man, that's just that's tough, man. It's tough for everybody. So it's, it's cool and refreshing to have the fans back in the stands and back at the racetrack. It's pretty awesome. So that leads us to a good transition to talk about this weekend. Your, uh, your home track, Texas Motor Speedway, racing there for the all-star race this weekend. It's a triple header weekend with, uh, with truck and Xfinity. You'll be running, uh, both the Xfinity and, and cup race. Um, let me ask you, David, just Texas Motor Speedway. You you were there when it opened and and seen what this facility has become, what Eddie Gossage and, and team have done with that place and with the big Hoss TV screen and all that stuff, just everything that's come about. I mean, they have really done a great job of keeping up with this place and turning it into a world-class facility. Uh, tell, me, t- tell folks about the experience, what they can expect at Texas Motor Speedway if they're making the trip for the first time uh, this weekend. You know, it's really interesting, uh, Tyler, that you bring that up because obviously I've been going there since, since before the place even opened with our racing school. But, you know, I think the two key guys, uh, Eddie Goss is the general manager and Kenton Nelson, they really, they really embrace the race fans, you know, and they, and, and I, I think Texas Motor Speedway, we were lucky in this part of the country that when that place opened that we had Eddie Gossage as the general manager, because man, over the years, the experience that, that the Speedway gives the fans, uh, whether that be uh, bringing drivers into the stands, interviewing them, letting the drivers come out of the walkway and come down the steps where the fans are interviewing drivers, you know, having a radio or a live broadcasts in the stands maybe the night before the big race where you got superstars there but you know I remember Robbie Knievel doing Evil Knievel's son doing a jump there I mean just all the entertainment 
it's all about entertaining the fans, giving the fans what they want. They want to see some good racing with a fair price, and they, they want to be entertained, man. And I just think that Eddie and Kent Nelson, the assistant general manager, have done just a tremendous job, you know, like other racetracks. I'm just not pointing out Texas Motor Speedway. All of them are special, but Texas is my home track, and, and I, I just think I throw it back to the team there at Texas Motor Speedway. But it starts at the top with Eddie Gossage and then his assistant manager, uh, Kitten Nelson. They just, uh, you know, all the stuff they have outside the racetrack. Uh, I've seen carnivals and, and, you know, all the souvenir stands, all the interactive stuff that you that the fans get to experience that before the race starts. You know, people come, you know, they come three or four hours early. They get to go buy souvenirs. There's a lot of interactive, a lot of engagement with different activities out in the midway. And I just think the Speedway has just done a tremendous job with that over the years. As me, as a competitive, the, the competitor, uh, the racetrack has taken some changes over the years. You know, uh, you know, they took a lot of banking out of turns uh, one and two. That just happened four or five, maybe six years ago. Uh, I think it made the racetrack more racy, racier. Uh, but, man, three and four, man, there's a lot of grip there. We run wide open three and four in turns one and two. You got to take your foot all the way out of the gas and get back to it, and that creates great racing. But I don't know. I, I love all the racetracks, but the Texas Motor Speedway is my home track, and it's pretty special to me. Absolutely, David. And you have – like, well, you go to any racetrack, right? You can always see the fans levitating towards you partners your sponsors but i mean how extra special is it right you have i'm sure a lot of family coming into town for the weekend a lot of friends and sponsors how do you balance all that as you get towards the race weekend <laughs> my gosh hey, well you know <laughs> hey man you know it's uh man i you know people say man you you do so much you go here you talk to this group you're over signing autographs you're doing and i'm like man it's just part of a race car driver you know not just myself but all of us you know we you know, we, we couldn't do what we do if we didn't have the race fans. You got to engage with the race with the race fans, with the autograph session or a meet and greet or whatever that may be. Uh, but but also, you know, I couldn't race, and I know a lot of others, a lot of other drivers out there that I compete against. They couldn't race without our sponsors. You know what I mean? So we spend a lot of time with our sponsors and their guests, whether they're the customers or employees. But, man, you know, I'm so busy on race day just meeting with people, talking about racing, meeting with my crew chief. There's so much going on. Sometimes my wife used to say, man, I don't, I don't know, you know, some of her friends would come. It's like, man, how does your husband, how does he do this? Well, he does this every week. You know what I mean? You got to engage with the fans. You got to engage with your sponsors. You got to make them feel special, which they are. You wouldn't be there racing if they wasn't, you know, and if you didn't have no sponsors, you wouldn't be racing. But man, once it gets time to put that race uniform on and you go to pit road and you stand beside your team and your sponsors and do the the prayer and the national anthem, man, it's, uh, it's just time to get after it, you know, and I live for that. So uh, I love the race fans. I'm so thankful for all my sponsors. I got so many of them. And, man, I, I try to spend as much time with everybody. But, man, when it's time to go race, I'm, I'm focused and ready to go. My wife used to tell everybody, hey, about 30 minutes before the race starts, you know, my husband, you know, he's, he turns into a different person. <laughs> well, I mean, it's time, you know, you know, hey, it's all, you know, we're all lovey and, you know, it's cool to meet everybody and enjoy the – the event and the race is fixing to start, but as a competitor, man, my, my horns start coming out about 30 minutes before the race starts, you know what I mean? But Hey, that's, that's what we do, man. We're warriors we're race car drivers. And, uh, you know, not only myself, but all of us, you know, that's what we get paid to do. That's what we love to do. And, uh, you know, you just, you, you know, when you get in a race car, you change, it's all about competing. It's all mm -hmm. about winning, you know, and, uh, people say, man, so-and-so and this guy, I'm like, Hey man, when they dropped the a green flag, I go to war. I mean, a lot of those guys are my buddies, but, you know, they need to go to war against me too because, I mean, we're there representing our manufacturers. We're there representing our race teams. We're representing our sponsors, and we have a job to do. You know, they don't – nobody pays me to – oh, I think I'll ease up on this guy because he's my buddy. No, 
my job is to get out there and drive that race car as fast and as hard and as competitive as I possibly can and right. try to win, you know, it doesn't matter who you're competing against. So yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. I mean, and, and just when it comes to your fans and your family, you owe it to them too, to compete hard. You know I mean? They expect you to give your best, give it your all out there and go from there. So uh, David, with Texas Motor Speedway, you know, being the the heart of NASCAR in the state of Texas, uh, you know, I know Coda was a big success, uh, but looking at just the history there, Texas Motor Speedway, and you go all the way back to the Texas World Speedway, like we've talked about in this show before, um, I don't think we, we give enough credit, the NASCAR community does, of what the state of Texas has meant to auto racing and the sport of NASCAR. When you think of the names besides yourself, you know, whether it's the Labonis that came up from there. I mean, Christopher Bell's not too far from up the road in Norman, Oklahoma. I mean, you, you cannot tell the story of NASCAR without the state of Texas and without Texas Motor Speedway. It's amazing the impact that this state has had on the sport. Man, you, uh, you brought up a good point. You know, I think about Billy Wade, you know, you look up Billy Wade, he drove for Bud Moore back in the early 60s. Uh, he was from Houston, Texas, where I was born and raised, and I never seen him race. I never met him, but I, I've studied about him, and and I know his family, his daughter and, and his grandchildren. But, man, he was uh, – I think he won, and I want to say 11, 12, 13 cup races. Uh, you got to look at A.J. Foyt. You got to look at Johnny Rutherford, Bobby Labonte, Terry Labonte. I mean, it's just – H.B. Bailey, uh, you know, uh, on and on and on. And, you know, Eddie Beerswell. I mean, it just – there's been a lot of guys. Ronnie Chumley, my hero, Ronnie Chumley, Tony Bittenhausen Jr. I mean, there's been a lot of great race car drivers that come from the great state of Texas, you know. And Chris Booser, look at Chris Booser, mm -hmm. what he's doing on the Cup Series uh, the last four or five years. You look at his uh, – I think they're cousins – James Boucher won the NASCAR Camp World Truck Series Championship years ago. I mean, there's been a lot of talent, you know, and uh, I, I, I love uh, – I like to see more more Texans out there racing in IndyCar racing or even in NASCAR, NASCAR Camp World Truck Series. We got, you know, uh, Corey Roper from Houston, Texas, uh, almost won the Daytona race. I mean, I love seeing – a lot of Texans in this sport, you know, over the years, we haven't seen en uh, enough of them, but man, you know, you're proud wherever you may be from. I mean, when we were, uh, you, you know, we, all the guys that we race with, y'all know them all, all the competitors are from, you know, different parts of the country. And man, I, it's cool uh, to see them represent the state and the city they're from. You know what I mean? They're, they're proud, whether it be from Arizona or Kansas city or Texas or North Carolina, you know, and, I think it's great, you know. Uh, I hear when I'm up in the Oklahoma area, you know, and, and people, race fans, you meet the race fans, they, 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 they like, man, they're proud of what Christopher Bell has done in, in this great sport of NASCAR racing. He's really, you know, as NASCAR and as a NASCAR driver, Christopher Bell, one of the all-time great sprint car drivers. But, man, what he's done in NASCAR is phenomenal. And the people in Oklahoma – they want to gravitate to that. You know, they, they're proud of that. And, and I believe that Christopher Bell is proud to be from Oklahoma. So it's kind of a cool thing. You know, I think it's awesome. Absolutely, Dave. You look at some other past winners from the, the great state of Texas, Johnny Rutherford, NASCAR winner there, and Bobby Hillen Jr. There are some great names that have come out of the great state of Texas. Man, no, no, no doubt about it, you know. And, uh, man, I, uh, you know, I think of A.J. Foyt, Johnny Rutherford, and Bobby Hillen. I mean, just on and on and on, you know, and just, uh, yeah, our, our state is rich with a lot of history in, in NASCAR and IndyCar racing. But uh, but anyway, it's just a great sport, man. I, I you know, and as you guys are, being, uh, you know, us doing this podcast together, I mean, Dominic, you're from uh, your great state of New Mexico and <laughs> You know, our, our, our buddy Tyler here is from the great state of Kansas. I mean, you know, it's, it's pretty awesome, man. You know, and we, I'm an we Oklahoma all... guy through and through. And so, okay, okay, there uh, you go. Uh, but, you know, that's one thing cool about racing. You know, everybody's from somewhere. And, right. uh, you know, no matter where you go in the country, to, you know, you go to the race, you're a fan. You know, it, it's kind of cool to have friends all over the United States. And, and the common denominator all comes from racing. You know, when one day when racing's over with, 
I'll be able to get on an airplane or drive somewhere. And I can assure you that wherever I go in the United States, I'm going to have a friend there and I'm going to be able to stay at their house and have somebody to go to dinner with. And it all comes from NASCAR racing, man. It's pretty awesome. Absolutely. Pretty awesome. And not like Texas or Oklahoma. I mean, I was reading something that our state of New Mexico were one of 14 states that has never had a NASCAR Cup Series winner. And the Unsers are from here and Al did run some road courses. Al Jr. ran. He was the last New Mexican to run the Daytona 500 for Hendricks in a one-off in 1993 and, and through the 2010s, right? Jamie Dick ran in the NASCAR Xfinity series and his dad had the Viva auto group and they were Absolutely. out of El Paso, but Jamie was born in Albuquerque and Alex Kennedy is definitely the most recent New Mexican to run in the cup series. And I believe the only New Mexican to ever run for rookie of the year in 2015, but ta uh, Taylor Gray or Tanner Gray, the older brother of the Gray brothers is from Artesia, New Mexico, Southern New Mexico. So there is that New Mexico connection there too, but same thing, Dave. When all this is over, when all the media stuff's done, I'm going to have friends across this country and that one common denominator, NASCAR racing brought us all together. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I would have never met you guys if it wasn't for NASCAR racing. So look at us, man. So it's all good. <laughs> but hey, man, let's let's talk about some hot, you know, some hot stuff. Uh, Tyler, tell us who's talk. Let's talk about Kyle Larson, man. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think that's a great transition to our uh, our news and notes uh, with Kyle Larson. Uh, Dominic, uh, what a run this guy's been on the uh, last couple of weeks. Back-to-back -back wins. Since we last talked to you, Kyle Larson's been in victory lane not once but twice. And, and Dominic, uh, I mean, with Kyle Larson, um, he's been running well all year. He's been, you know, the most mm -hmm. consistent driver, led the most laps even before all this. So to see him get these wins the way that he's performed and the way Hendricks performed as of late, too, it's really no surprise. No, I'm with you there, Tyler. And I believe this is the first time in points awarded races that Kyle Larson went back to back consecutive weeks. Like, it's hard to fathom, right? I think he's only a nine time winner in the Cup Series. But man, you would think if we were crowning the champion tomorrow, Kyle Larson would be the hands on 2021 champion of the NASCAR Cup Series. Of course, we got 20 more races to go, but they just look solid in midseason form. Kyle Larson, nine career wins now. He's amassed three of them just so far this year. Passes Kyle Petty on the all-time wins list. He might, he'll be that next driver. I'd say there's a really good chance he'll be the next driver to hit the double-digit win mark in the Cup Series. Yeah, I bet he's doing it eating Whataburger because just a reminder that the folks at Whataburger cook up 100% pure beef burgers 24 hours a day. You can get your burger fixed anytime day or not at Whataburger, proud to serve it hot and fresh 24 hours a day. Um, David, when, when you look at Kyle, the way that he's racing, the way that he's getting it done here, we knew that he was capable. It was just a matter of him putting it all together here. Um, really remarkable. I mean, he, he's racing as good as anybody right now. I mean, you could make a very valid case that Kyle Larson's the best driver in the sport right now. Oh, no doubt about it. You know, and you just, you know, when I think of Kyle Larson and just watching him in a sprint car, I mean, this guy dominates and wins and anything, you know, so he kind of, he's kind of, you know, that where he's, you know, he's in the air, you know, AJ Foyt, Tony Stewart, you know what I mean? I mean, these guys could get an, open wheel cars, wing, uh, uh, wingless open wheel cars, late models, midgets, and win, you know what I mean? And Kyle Larson, I mean, he's just, he's somebody special. And I, I know uh, Dominic just talked about he only has nine wins just past Kyle Petty. But, man, I think we're seeing greatness here, you know what I mean? And oh, you yeah. got to, you know, uh, you know, everybody says, well, look who he's driving for, you know. And you got a good point. You got to look at Hendricks. I mean, I, I think this is the second week in a row. I mean, Hendricks, uh, uh, Kyle Larson in victory lane, and Chase Elliott was uh, second. And I think the I think uh, another Hendrick car might have been fourth or fifth. Uh, and then I think it was a Coca Cola 600. I mean, I think three uh, three of the four uh, uh, cars were first, second, and third. Uh, so man, I think Hendrick Motorsport is really uh, found something right now. And man, these guys are on fire. You know what I mean? And, uh, I, you know, like y'all were talking, uh, Kyle Larson was leading. He led a lot of races. Uh, <coughs> excuse Plus. me. Yeah, thank you. Kyle Larson, I mean, from the start, you know, he was, uh, you know, I remember in Atlanta where he won all the 
led all the laps, but I think uh, Blaney got him right there at the end. But, man, he has been in contention almost every race. And you just knew once he finally got to victory lane that it, it wasn't going to stop, man. So, uh, I mean, you we look at what he did uh, in Sonoma. You look what he did at the Coca-Cola 600. How can he not be the favorite for winning the million dollars at Texas Motor Speedway coming up this Sunday night, man? This guy's on fire. Well, oh, absolutely. And you want to talk about, you know, comeback story of some sorts. I mean, we were talking to Willie, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Willie T. Ribs, and he mentioned, you know, how much, you know, that Kyle's changed for the better and how much he's evolved and learned from the mistake he made from what he said a couple of years ago and that, you know, he and Willie have developed a great relationship. And, you know, to come into a team that didn't have any sponsors, and now he's picking up some sponsors left and right, it seems. They're starting to really get that uh, ship going here, too. And on top of winning races, I mean, Dominic, quite the turnaround here for Kyle Larson, really all the way around within these last few weeks. Well, even let's look at the last five races. An average finish of 1.6. That sounds like, like a video game fantasy when you look at all the laps led and leading all these races, over 600 laps led just in the last five races. He's the first driver that hit 1,000 laps led across the entire cup season. And we're not even halfway through the schedule yet. So you look at the numbers and they're phenomenal. And I think we were early on in the year just amazed, right? Denny Hamlin knocking off all these top five finishes and just not being able to post a win. How about Kyle Larson? Larson just is too hot right now. So... Yeah, when does he cool off? Who knows? Is he peaking at the right time? Is he just getting started? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. And, and, and uh, David, at this time last year, um, you know, it was Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin really dominating things and the back and forth that, that they had going. Now, Kyle, at this level, we saw uh, the way that Martin Truex was running up front there for a while. Um, do you think those two are kind of the, the two to beat right now, or is Kyle on another level above Martin even? Well, I mean, you, you know, what we're seeing, uh, you know, uh, Martin Truex and that Joe Gibbs racing team, man, those, those guys are on top of their game as well. But it looks like the Hendrick cars and the Hendrick drivers, they found something special, you know, and uh, be interesting to see how long this, uh, you know, if this continues all the way to the, to the, to the last race, the championship race there in Phoenix, you know? So, uh, but man, Kyle Larson, what a, what an exceptional talent race car driver, you know, he's won in anything he's ever driven. He's a, he's a champion, a winner. And uh, we were talking to Willie, Willie team ribs a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, we know Kyle Larson made a mistake. We all make mistakes, you know what I mean? But, if you know Kyle Larson, you know him as a person and know who he is. Uh, man, he's just a great guy. He loves his wife. He has some kids. I mean, great family man. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just, just glad to see uh, after he made his mistake last year, I, I was just glad to see all the things he went out of his way to learn from the mistake he made and, and, and how he really – He's really engaged in a lot of different areas in the communities, communities in a lot of different areas. It, making that mistake, I think it made Cal Larson even a better person. And he was an awesome person already, you know. And to see Willie T. Ribs kind of embrace Cal Larson and, and, and kind of, you know, embrace him and, and, and say, hey, hey, Kyle, it's, it's okay to make a mistake. You know, we learn from it. We all make mistakes. And it was just – that was just a cool thing, you know, but man, it, it's amazing to see him get an opportunity with Hendricks and Tyler, like you were saying, he didn't have any sponsor, but man, you knew this guy, you knew this kid was going to be something special. And man, it's cool to see all the sponsors trying to get back to him. You know what I mean? And uh, it just, it just goes to show you, Hey, you know, we got, we all make mistakes, you know, nobody's perfect. And uh, you know, you can't justify what, what he did. Uh, he made a mistake, but he has really worked hard as a person to, to undo that mistake. And I think he's done a, a heck of a job and, uh, man, he's just on fire right now. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad for him. It just lets people know, Hey, whether you're in this racing business with all of us or any other place, you know what I mean? No matter where you work at or what you do, sometimes we make some stupid moves or a dumb mistake, but doesn't mean it's the end of the world it just means how hey, you, you want to grow you learn from it be mature and then you know you can you know you, you, and you can survive anything and he's just uh 
I think he inspires a lot of people uh, that you hear sometimes, and I have some family members and some friends of mine say, man, you know, well, this happened. Yeah, but that was 15, 20 years ago. You know, we shouldn't even be talking about it now. You you make a mistake, this happens, but man, you got to you gotta own it. You got to be responsible for it. And man, you got to get back on top of things. And man, Kyle Larson has done that unbelievable. And yeah. Tyler, I mean, being at that press conference for the Coke 600 a couple of weeks ago and hearing Rick Hendrick, I mean, that 269th win, the record-breaking win, they asked Rick Hendrick, Tyler, and they're like, one of the reporters asked him, so, I mean, the sponsorship thing, what's going on there? Because we all know that he was having a hard time getting sponsorship for that car and Mr. H, and I'm paraphrasing, said along the lines, well, I mean, I'm kind of liking it because HendrickCars.com is on the car and we're getting a lot more advertising for it. And we're, we're having an increase in sales. Yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> you know, there's, and there's Hendrick Cars uh, dealers all around the country, uh, you know, Kansas City, North Carolina. Uh, I'm sure that's uh, certainly picking up things. And, uh, you know, the, the better days are ahead for that uh, five team as they appear to be doing really well. A few more news and notes. Uh, Dominic, uh, let's go over just how this all-star race format will be. Um, you got 17 drivers already locked in the all-star race field. They'll be joined by four other drivers, uh, which will be the three winners from the open segments. And then the fan vote winner. Uh, we already know Kyle Larson's on the poll for the all-star race. Kind of walk us through this whole format, what we're going to see on Sunday night. Sure. So Sunday night, we'll see the NASCAR All-Star Race. Just the third time in the history of the All-Star Race that we're going to see it moved off Charlotte Motor Speedway property the first time at Texas Motor Speedway. Kyle Larson ran him draw for the poll. And like you said, there's going to be some transfer spots. We're going to see 22 drivers in the open trying to race their way in, trying to get the fan vote, including David, who will start 22nd in the All-Star Open next to his teammate, Timmy Hill, in 21st. So it's going to be a great weekend of racing. because, And that's just going to kind of cap off everything we've looked at because we're going to have the truck series Xfinity on Saturday. And then what a best way to cap it off Texas motor speedway with the all-star race Sunday night. Okay. So that is uh, what's ahead for, uh, for how this all will work. Uh, it's not going to be very long, only a hundred laps. Uh, David, looking at what you know of this format and such, what do you make of how they, they've put this together? Uh, should be a fun show on Sunday night. Man, it's uh, I think they've done a tremendous thing to have a 20-lap feature. <laughs> you know, you got you got two 20-lap features, and uh, it looks like it's going to be a sunny night at a short track somewhere, but we're not at a short track. It's 20 laps, man, and, uh, man, it's uh, people going to be racing their tails off to, to transfer into the all-star race. And then, you know, to have an, that 20-lap segment and to have another 20-lap segment. And how about the 10-lap dash for the cast to get in that thing? I mean, that's that's going to be incredible. And uh, and then I'm, I'm excited. I mean, I love the format. I think the format is awesome. I think it just creates excitement. You know what I mean? And, uh, and then to figure out who's going to vote the guy in, you know, the fan vote. You know what I mean? And I, I look at my teammate, Timmy Hill. Man, this guy – this guy's really popular. You know, he's been doing this iRacing stuff since, uh, you know, since COVID started. And, uh, man, he's got a big following. He's he's uh, he's like the uh, Dale Earnhardt Sr. of iRacing. You know what I'm saying? And uh, he's got a big following. And uh, and uh, it'd be kind of interesting to see who gets that fan vote. You know what I mean? So I just think the whole process and the whole all-star race is it's just everything about it's really cool yeah i think so uh it, it should be a lot of fun to, to see how this all unfolds and uh unpacks when you look at the open of the drivers that are in there tyler reddick's going to start on pole chris busher going to start second uh dominic we'll start with you besides david uh <laughs> who are some of the guys you're looking at that have a good shot to uh transfer from the open into the the big show yeah a name that pops to mind right away and i, and I know the track's not similar but it's similar in the, the lad of a mile and a half roush fenway racing has just done a phenomenal job and they have shown a resurgence this year on the mile and a half tracks chris busher went out and led what 60 laps at homestead i look for chris busher to have a really strong run being from prosper, not too far from the track. I think there's going to be a good chance that Chris Busher 
is one of the guys that transfers in to that all-star race. Tyler Reddick, I think is another great name there. I mean, Ryan Newman in the six, I believe he's in the open, correct if I'm wrong, but I think Newman could have a strong showing in the open as well. Corey LaJoy in the seven, I think is another dark horse guy you got to look at too. It seems like Spire Motorsports is really starting to fire off on all eight cylinders. They've posted three top 20 finishes over the last three weeks and two of the tracks have been mile and a half. Yeah. Um, the name I'm looking for, guys, is Matt Benedetto. He's got a new crew chief now, and they're looking for a spark of some sorts. We've seen, uh, David, in the past that this All-Star Open can kind of, you know, kickstart somebody's season, give them new, new fuel of sorts to, to get back on track. Uh, Benedetto, they haven't really had the season they would have liked. Uh, I, I think new crew chief, we know how talented he is. They got the equipment and such. I think Matt Benedetto is going to put on a show and, and have a resurgence of some sorts as we get to the second half of 2021. Man, I'd love to see Matty D. You know, I, uh, I'd love to see him, Ryan Newman. Uh, some of these guys that are hard chargers, but, uh, you know, Kind of the season ain't, ain't really been – they hadn't had a good season yet, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I think Ryan Newman's one that comes to mind. Matty D for sure. But that's good. That's what makes it exciting. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of great racing teams, a lot of great race car drivers. And, uh, man, these guys are going to be beating and banging. And, uh, you know, it's going to be exciting. So, uh, man, just Matty D, obviously, uh, you know, Chris Boucher, uh, you know, I mean, they're just on and on and on. You know, there's a lot of, you know, I don't even know is uh, is uh, Bubba Wallace. He's another one that, you know, I don't think he, I think he's in the, uh, uh, in the open. You know, so, I mean, yep. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some guys. I mean, you know, there it's, it's you know it's it's going to be exciting, man, because man, it's these all these guys going to be going for it. They want to make it, get in that open, and and like y'all, like Tyler, like you were saying, you know, you've seen in the past somebody that drives the open races and drives their way into the all-star race and really does well in the all-star race. And man, there's some guys that are in the open that could possibly drive their way into the all-star race and win the all-star race. You know what I mean? So it's just, uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's for sure. Yeah. And uh, by the way, Ryan Newman is actually in the big show already. He's one of the oh. seven drivers that'll be in the all-star race. So he's um, in already. Yes. Yes. Okay. No, he's there. Um, now, uh, some other uh, news uh, uh, around this race. So we mentioned Kyle Larson is on pole. Kyle Bush starts second, Bell third, Cole Custer fourth, Austin Dillon fifth. Besides Kyle Larson, uh, David, we'll start with you. Who's going to be the guy to beat on Sunday night? <laughs> well, I, I think last time we were ran, we had a cup race, Texas Motor Speedway, you saw Kyle Bush in victory lane. You know what I mean? So, hey. Uh, you know, I, uh, I, I think he's going to be uh, a guy that, you know, that's going to be up there, uh, you know, Chase Elliott. I mean, all of them, man. It's, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. I think you can't ever count out Alex Bowman, you know what I mean, and the other Hendrick cars. Uh, so, man, it's, uh, it's uh, everybody's shooting for uh, Kyle Larson, you know what I mean? But there's some fast cars back there that have opportunities, you know what I mean? So, it, it'll be uh, – It'll be interesting, and uh, man, I keep saying that Stuart Haas Motors, you know, Stuart Haas is going to kind of step out of that funk they've been in. But it's amazing how strong Kevin Harvick was last year when you win nine races. I mean, that's unheard of, and it's it's interesting to see the struggles they've had in 2021. You know, and and you just know that organization and board and. Kevin Harvey, I know as a competitor, man, I, you know, they're working their tails off to get that program turned back around. And uh, you can't ever count out Harvard, you know what I mean? But I, I can assure you it's going to be an exciting night of uh, uh, sparks and uh, a lot of uh, door handle to door handle racing, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dominic, 30 seconds real quick. Give me one name to watch besides Kyle Larson. We'll look at the June 2020 winner. Might be a dark horse pick in the All-Star Race. Austin Dillon will have some noise made in the All-Star Race in there. Uh, I watch it for Alex Bowman. He's very good on mile and a half. So, you know, <laughs> Hendrick's been very good this year. Uh, I think Alex Bowman could make some noise. And he, uh, he's he got some wins, but I think he's still looking for that marquee win of sorts. And uh, that'd do wonders. Uh, real quick, David, uh, the winner of this is going to get a million dollars. 
what does this do for that driver and that team to get that check, to get that million-dollar payday? What does that mean to them? Man, I don't have a clue. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. But I, I can assure you, Tyler, that I'd love to know. I mean, man, a million dollars, uh, man, that's a lot of money. Uh, you know, it's just uh, the uh, – just to ride that momentum into the next race and bragging rights and man, and having more money in the bank account doesn't hurt anybody. You know what I mean? I mean, can you imagine, you know, every driver, uh, you, you don't know what their contracts read and how all that kind of stuff works, but man, you, uh, there's no substitute for performance and winning and, and uh, doesn't hurt anybody in any kind of racing to have a, to win a million dollars. So, uh, and whatever you know, I can only think that's a it's a recipe for uh, all good if you if you can win the the you know the cup the Winston Million. Oh yeah, yeah. Or the All Star sure. Race, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Right, right, right. Uh, Dom, I believe we have one more uh, news and note. Uh, something about Jeff Gordon possibly stepping away from the booth. What's going on there? Adam Stern of the Sports Business Journal is reporting that potentially Jeff Gordon could be doing his last race as a television broadcaster for Fox NASCAR. Gordon is potentially seeing the appeal of taking on a larger role at Hendrick Motorsports in 2022 and beyond. And that could potentially pull him away from the broadcast booth. Apparently both positions still have equal appeal to him, but he's still entertaining the possibility of taking on a larger role within the organization to help field him to 93 cup series wins and four championships. Well, David, I'll look at this. Uh, we all know that Jeff Gordon's eventually going to be the successor to Rick Hendrick at Hendrick Motorsports and that his days in the booth, as good as he's been, I think Jeff Gordon is as good as any analyst on television. I mean, you compare him to, you know, John Madden on the NFL or Tony Romo or, you know, uh, you think of, you know, Jeff Van Gundy in the NBA or, Jay Billis in college basketball. I think Jeff Gordon represents NASCAR as the number one analyst of the sport. But we know that his days aren't going to be very long because of those opportunities that he has with Hendrick down the road. And now what's different, I think, for Jeff's role, David, is that all four of those drivers, he did not race against full-time. They see him as a mentor or a father figure of some sorts they don't see him as a competitor I think that changes things you just hear the way Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman and William Byron talk about Jeff they talk about him differently than what we saw of Jeff's former teammates and, and colleagues and Dale and Jimmy and and uh and some of the in KC and those guys I mean it's it's a whole different vibe they have towards Jeff compared to the uh, drivers that were previous there racing with Jeff and Hendrick. Man, you, uh, it's all respect, man. I mean, you, you, you say Jeff Gordon, I mean, that's, I mean, you don't really need to say anymore. You know I mean? This guy's done it all. And, uh, to have him as a successor to, for Hendrick Motorsports, I mean, and the four drivers they have, you know, you can call it a father figure, a mentor, a leader, whatever you want to, however you want to call it. Uh, any situation all four of those drivers are going through professionally, personally, business-wise, just been there and done that. You know what I'm saying? So, man, you couldn't think of them. I mean, there's nobody better than Jeff Gordon, you know, and uh, the respect and, and uh, uh, you know, his ability. Uh, you look at the, the charisma he has on television and you know the how he how he won races gracefully, how he lost races gracefully, everything those four Hendrick drivers will have to face or deal with in the future. Jeff Gordon would be a perfect guy to mentor those guys. You know he he could help them. I mean it, it he I mean amazing. And yes, Tyler, you're right, uh, man. That there's so much respect the drivers that are there now and how they treat, how they look at Jeff Gordon. You know, they kind of how we look at A.J. Foyt and, and Richard Petty, you know, when you think about IndyCar and NASCAR, I think of those guys and probably those drivers at Hendrick Motorsports right now, man, when they think about NASCAR and think about our sport, they probably think about Jeff Gordon, you know what I mean? And what a better – it don't get much better than a mentor like that, that's for sure. Yeah. 
Dominic, uh, this would be a big loss for Fox. Uh, Jeff's been kind of the face of their NASCAR coverage. I know Clint Boyer's done an excellent job there, um, but I, I think you could make the case this is one of, if not the best booths we've ever seen of Mike Joy and Jeff Gordon and Clint Boyer. I mean, they've been so much fun all season long. That would be a, a shame for NASCAR fans to see Jeff step aside. And the words of Clint Boyer when Jeff Gordon says them, you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> you're right. It's a great broadcast booth. And they've been very entertaining. You're very entertained when you're watching these guys on Sunday. And Tyler, it makes you wonder, are they going to promote from within? Would they, would they pull somebody up from the, the studio? Maybe like a Bobby Labonte or Jamie McMurray or Michael Waltrip or would even one of these guys want to potentially take on that role? Or would they bring in somebody entirely out of the box and somebody different? But again, these are all hypotheticals. This is only if Jeff leaves, but that possibility is there. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it would be a shame to see him go, but Fox would have plenty of options uh, if they decide to move on. So we'll see. Uh, before we get to our Ask David segment to end the show, I uh, want to tell you about Whataburger Breakfast. You can stop by Whataburger for a hot, hearty breakfast any morning or late at night. They're serving up breakfast from 11 p.m. to 11 a.m. You better believe, boys, we're making like a 3 a.m. run to the Whataburger <laughs> maybe maybe a couple times this weekend. Uh, well, I'll be what if we friend. don't, Tyler. <laughs> yes. Oh, it will be done. I can tell you that. We're, we're making multiple visits. Uh, you know, I fly into Love Field Friday afternoon. Uh, I'm not, I don't think I'm getting out of the airport without grabbing some water burger. Uh, going right in the airport right there. So you grab you, uh, you grab you a number one with some fries and a shake or Dr. Pepper shake or, uh, whatever you want, man. It, it, uh, I'm excited it, to see you boys, but I think I'm even more excited to be eating water burger for the first time since like, <laughs> so, Oh, so, absolutely. And I got to say too, David, I tried that Dr. Pepper milkshake when I was in Albuquerque last time last week. Man, that thing's amazing. I don't know what Dude. I've been missing my entire life, but I didn't realize <laughs> I was missing a big chunk of that because of that milkshake. Very good. It's unbelievable, man. It's I, I, I don't want my wife to know this, but I think I have one every day. <laughs> 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 you know, they're so right. good. I mean, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, my kids and some of my close friends know, I mean, I, it's, I go to Whataburger every day. You know what I mean? It's uh, the food is so good. I mean, I, I, uh, it's amazing, you know, and, and I got to see, I sneak in a shake, you know what I mean? I, uh, Oh, the cat's out of the I bag do. now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh. All right, David, uh, time for ask David. Our, uh, first question, this one comes from Carol on the email and you can, uh, reach us by email, David star podcast, gmail.com also on Facebook uh, David Star Podcast and on Twitter at Star Podcast. And uh, Carol wants to know, David, with the Texas race, I got to know who is your favorite Texan? My favorite Texans are Sam Houston and George W. Bush. <laughs> well, uh, that's that's awesome. I, I, there's a bunch of them. You know what I mean? I mean, I, it's, I never even. That's a great question, though, because I never really thought of it you like that you know what I mean and uh man uh you know I had to say George W he's he's way up there man what a you know what a great man what a great man you know uh George W was just a great president and uh he represented our state of Texas well so you know uh George W Bush AJ Foyt man you know what I mean that's uh you gotta have a little racing in there and and uh man I think of uh A.J. Foyd, I think, in Texas as well. He's all Texan, man, so no doubt. Those two guys right there. <laughs> Dominic, do you have a favorite Texan? <laughs> I really had to think about it. I guess I'm on the phone call with them, David Starr. <laughs> <laughs> you, Tyler? Uh, oh, you know, uh, my, my answer, uh, guys, uh, there, there's so many to choose from. There uh, is. But, uh, I would uh, – I'd have to go with uh, maybe uh, Nolan Ryan. Would oh, be. man, man. God. Or ZZ Top. Yeah, there's just so many to choose from. I mean, Nolan Ryan, he's – you know, you look at that man, he's wearing his cowboy boots these days and got that big old cowboy hat on, and he's – I mean, he could I throw that – I love it man. when he kicked Robin Ventura's ass. <laughs> well, I, I mean – Robin, I mean, I'm sure if you could reverse all that, he would have done something different, you know what I mean? Because that was just a, 
a good uh, butt kick, a good Texas style butt kicking right there, you know, and uh, that was a mistake on Robin's part. But hey, but man, yeah, uh, Nolan Ryan, man, God, just man, I remember watching him pitch when I was a kid, and man, he could throw that freaking ball. God was amazing, you know. And there's there, you know, so many great Texans, you know what I mean? So many great ones out there. But man, what a great question! That was an awesome question. Yeah. I really, I mean, that was amazing. That was a good question. You got to sit back and think. There's so many of them. You know what I mean? It's amazing. So, wow. There is. That was a great question. Carol, uh, we thank you. Are you from Carrollton, Texas? Carol. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The, uh, the next one, this is from, uh, uh, who is it from here? Oh, here it is. Uh, Terry. Terry wants to know, David, we know you like watermelon and it's watermelon season. What do you put on your watermelon? Some people now were putting mustard on it. Are you going to have <laughs> mustard on your watermelon? Man, only only place I like my mustard is on my number ones from Waterburger. I can assure you of that. You know what I mean? It, it ain't mustard not going on a watermelon. You know what I mean? I, I eat a lot of watermelon. I love my watermelon. And uh, I just had some earlier, you know, but, uh, but I don't put anything on on watermelon. I mean, you uh, it doesn't need you don't need it. It doesn't need anything on it. You know, it's sweet, and delicious, and uh, refreshing. And uh, you know, I, I would say years ago I used to put a little salt on it. You know what I mean? But I yeah. I find myself not even doing that anymore. You know, but back you know way ten years ago, man, I used to salt it down big time. But man, there's nothing better. I mean, I was outside. You know, it was ninety degrees today. And man, I'm mowing my grass, working in my flower beds, and man, I'm sweating. And man, I uh, I walked inside, and man, I had me some watermelon, and man, it's just so refreshing, dude. It's amazing, you know. But I can assure you that I don't think I'll ever put mustard or ketchup or mayonnaise <laughs> on my watermelon. I don't know why you would do that, but I think you know that's that's what's cool about. Everybody likes what they like. I've heard people putting peanut butter on watermelon and all kinds of crazy things. But for me, it's just plain and simple. Pretty vanilla. Just good watermelon with nothing added. <laughs> I agree. That's how I eat my watermelon. Just eat it plain. Now, I don't mind just scooping it with a spoon and eating it that way. You know, you don't have to give me a big old slice. Just just scoop it up with a spoon and eat it like a savage. You know, that's uh, that might be like around. Savage. <laughs> Uh, I like mine in small pieces and really crunchy, man. It's pretty awesome. There you go. I used to get in trouble, and I, my mom's here. She's like over here, and she's going to remember this. I used to put sugar on the watermelon as a little kid. <laughs> That's awesome, man. <laughs> my dad would tell me, too, Dominic, you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> so, so, boys, uh, are we up for trying mustard and watermelon this weekend? Uh, no. I'm going to take a hard no on that one, Tyler. <laughs> Absolutely. It ain't even a hard no. It's just a no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my my parents told me growing up that uh, if uh, I, if I swallowed the seed, I was going to grow a watermelon. My <laughs> oh, that's I'm awesome! Terrified of that, so I, I made a point uh, to spit well, that seed. Sure, well, hey, make sure you don't swallow the seed, dude, because we don't need no watermelon growing inside of you, Tyler. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't need any extra weight. I can tell you that right uh, now. Oh, boys, this is uh, this is flown by. It's been a lot of fun today. And uh, before we go, uh, we got to tell you that, uh, you know, a reminder that the folks at Whataburger are cooking up 100% pure beef burgers 24 hours a day. You can get your burger fixed anytime, day or night at Whataburger. Proud to serve it hot and fresh 24 hours a day. Uh, Dominic, uh, what's going on with the racing experts this week? Well, we'll be having some on-site coverage at Texas Motor Speedway and Jonathan Field and I, Justin Melillo, will be covering the sport and just continuing to cover the daily news of the industry. And, man, just got to give a couple quick shout-outs while we're here. Ken Kurtz, Mr. Kurtz, let me test his race car at Uranium Capital Speedway. I know he's listening. And he even put a Let's Go Racing with David Sarr sticker on his vehicle. So we really appreciate that. And I know Jacob Hawkins and Xavier Arias, I know you guys are big fans of the show. So we appreciate you guys tuning in, all our fans. None of this is possible without you guys. For sure, for sure. David, what's the next few days look like for you before you get ready for uh, this big race weekend? Man, you know, I was out of town for a couple of weeks, so I got home uh, late Saturday night uh, from mid-Ohio, and man, I, uh, I, I, I've really just been, uh, I've been spent a lot of time with my kids and my wife Sunday, 
And, uh, man, I've been working around my house doing some honeydews and mowing the grass and just, you know, but man, just, uh, uh, really been on the phone talking to a lot of different people, uh, talking to my racing team, spent a lot of time on the phone with Carl Long, uh, you know, excited to have, uh, excited to, to be racing the Whataburger Toyota Super here this weekend at, at the Texas Motor Speedway. And I love it. Some of the water folks will be joining us at the racetrack and just uh, seeing some of our other racing sponsors that will be there and uh, kind of having some guests in the garage and, and you can join you on pit road and sit on the pit box. I'm, I'm excited for every competitor, every team. Uh, they all, we all have sponsors and, having people back on the pit box and people enjoying our sport behind the scenes is kind of cool, but uh, there's a lot going on, man. Just getting ready to head to the Texas Motor Speedway uh, Thursday morning and get ready for a great weekend. But uh, I'm just, uh, I'm excited and can't thank all the sponsors we have and just looking forward to uh, the rest of the year, looking forward to Texas this weekend, but looking forward to, to finishing up and having a great rest of the year. That's for sure. Yeah, certainly. So a lot to be grateful for. That uh, is for certain. Boys, we got to go. I'll, uh, I'll see you in a couple days. We'll do this show live Sunday night. And uh, so certainly be looking for that. We'll have some more details we'll be releasing in the next few days. As always, you can subscribe to Let's Go Racing with David Starr. New episodes each and every week on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all. Hit that like button, subscribe. <laughs> we certainly appreciate it. Follow us on Facebook, David Star Podcast, Twitter at Star Podcast, in my David Star Podcast at gmail.com. For Dominic Aragon and David Star, I'm Tyler Jones. Thanks so long. It's been another edition of Let's Go Racing. We'll put the chicken flag out and see you next week.